who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Is, is it safe to come out? Oh yeah, coast is clear, Kipster. No more manacores trying to eat us? No, we're safe now. I sent him back in no problem. Manicores love easy prey. They would have cut this box open and snacked on us like a couple of walnuts, but a few quick lacerations and some strong words, and they're back in their den thinking about what they've done. Nah, sometimes I'm too nice. A head would have made a nice mantelpiece. Mantelcore piece? I got nothing. Storm, you're you're covered in blood. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah. I look like a vintner's wife's feet. Eh, maybe more than a few lacerations, I guess. Well, as long as we're okay for now. Welcome back, adventure fans, to the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. The carefree crimson combatant to my left is the one and only Stormclad Thundertongue. Thanks for bearing with us during that Manicore emergency. <coughs> emergency. Now that things are back on track, we're eager to check in with Immortal Dawn, who against all odds have made their way through the Dawn Gate into the Kingdom of Chimaris. Now that's an emergency. I'll take a pair of horny kite lions over camping in the Middle Kingdom any day. Kite lions? That's uh, an adventurer thing. Huh. Manticore, kite lion, Etten, four eyes, cockatrice, rock cock. I don't use that last one very much. Strong and scholarly. I learn something every day. And with that, let's get down to the field to feast our eyes on the dangers about to unfold for our ragtag team of underdogs on what has to be their most dangerous quest to date. Stay tuned. Mortal Dawn have entered the kingdom of Camaris, the fallen land. They passed through the Dawn's Gate, which only opens once each morning. They charged head first into a wave of the faceless. With magic and blade, they cut a swath through their ranks and escaped the dark cloud of miasma that clings to the wall. You are now in the clearing, but to the north there are volcanoes, and to the east and west, strange magical fires. JP turns to you and says, Ha! <laughs> Well done. No small feat making it through the Dawn's Gate. Many who attempt to enter Camaris don't even survive. I'm just glad those things weren't immune to fire. As was I, he says, pulling like a bladed carapace out of his torso and dropping it to the ground. <laughs> I do the same twice. And you sure are still not single. They seem a bit more aggressive this time of year. 
he is. <laughs> There's usually not that many. I think now that winter is over, they're repopulating and growing hungry. But who knows? Strange creatures. Who knows what they evolved from? <sighs> we must continue on. If you are tired, you will have to deal with it. Follow me. He says, going into a trot. I drive the wagon forward. All right. As you start to spend a little bit of time in Kamaris, you find that you need to readjust your Adornhein cloak to cover your face because the air here seems to fill your lungs with a strange glass shard sort of sensation. Uh, you feel like it's cutting your throat like smoking too many uh, clove cigarettes. <laughs> uh, except not delicious. <laughs> it hurts so good. There's no sign of the sun, which is probably the first troubling thing that you encounter, Artyom. The storm always just thunders and looms overhead. Strange flashes of white and purple lightning make it impossible to tell morning from night. You're aware that it's morning because of when you entered, but even after an hour, it starts to get hard to track time. Though I suffer in darkness, I still feel the kiss of my god, but I'd prefer not to stay here longer than I have to. Agreed. So even after an hour... Is that, are we, is being in the back of the wagon, is that long enough to take a short rest? If this was a trade road, absolutely. This is a very difficult, okay, harsh terrain. You have to stop and readjust the wagon regularly. Constantly people have to get out and move rocks out of the way. It is not a comfortable ride by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. And very frequently you'll find that even though there's not much around you, save for the sparse scattering of jagged rocks or patches of strange gray grass, your ranger tracker seems to redirect your route almost without reason, traveling north for a while and then east, even though you're mostly out in the open. And occasionally he'll have you wait close to these jagged rocks and just hold perfectly still. You don't even see any kind of predator or threat around you, but he assures you that silence is necessary. When the need for silence passes, I'll say to him, what exactly are we looking for? Or rather, what, what is it you're looking to detect? I'm avoiding dangers. If you travel that way, you'd end up in the middle of a patch of blade grass. That way, the ground can give way into empty cavities and swallow you up. I imagine blade grass does what it says on the tin. It is a dangerous and strange creature. Well, that's ominous. Arvid takes a look around, then says, JP, are there any animals or even just small creatures? Anything? I'm not seeing anything. Many of them lie hidden although there aren't many to speak of. Some insects, creatures that live underground, and creatures that fly above in the storm, out of our line of sight. An occasional Camarian war horse, but there's many more of those to the east. We are heading west. Do the horses eat the insects? They can. They also feed on the blade grass. Mm. Which is a creature, as you say. Well, it's definitely not regular grass, and it does seem to move with a mind of its own. Its patches tend to go underground and resurface wherever is the most dangerous. I'm just saying this guy seems to like a bit of blood in his meal, if you know what I mean. I'm sure he'll find something. Mm. What do you know about... Oh, what's it called again? It was an A... Andariel. The city? No, no. no. Oh, Anima. Anima. What what is it? Anima? Yes. I'm afraid I don't know much. I've heard it a few times, but I don't go near Andariel often. I don't trust the undead so are the Camarian knights uh mostly protecting the outside from what is in here or do you go help others within the gates Camaris hasn't entered in a war with the outer kingdoms in a long time we keep our hands full protecting our own kind 
Sometimes we trade with the outside world. Thankfully, we have a great deal of wealth to do that with. But we cannot grow vegetation. We cannot harvest crops or raise livestock. We must spend a lot of money on food. But look at this wonderful bounty. <laughs> I gesture to the, to the desolate wasteland. Do I think any of my seeds from Selvarax would grow in this environment? You're not sure. Um, this is nothing like Selvarax that you've studied or heard about. This okay. is a very, that was a lush world. Right. This is quite the opposite. Okay. Regardless, we will travel for perhaps another 12 hours before we rest. Okay. So Arvid's going to go to the back of the, you know, away from where everyone's talking to the back of the wagon and uh, take a healing potion for the battle wounds. And sure. because they'll be on their feet for a while. Yeah. What kind of potion? Just a regular healing potion? I've just got the domain farm potions from way long ago. And cool. and you just got a new one that was bigger. So I was yeah. just asking. I'll just use one of the regular 1d8. Sweet. I like your little potion cards. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one plus three. That's four hit points. Either way, it feels very good going down. Yay. That good old-fashioned domain farms flavor. <laughs> when you guys are pausing to have this conversation, Reginald will just kind of hover down and be like, Everything is being recorded fine, but the air here, it seems to be messing with my gears. It's very difficult. Oh, heaven. Oh, God. Oh, I <laughs> forgot you were even there. Oh. I guess that means he's doing his job. I am so glad I do not have strange and harmful things like lungs. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Reginald, would you like to ride in the wagon if it's difficult for you to fly through here? Perhaps for a time. He will land, and he doesn't go, like, chest mode, but he just kind of sits perfectly still, wings folding back into his body, and then vanishes. Like the idea of his little legs, like, just kicking <laughs> over the edge <laughs> like elf on a shelf. <laughs> and for just a split moment, Jacques Phillips looks to where Reginald manifested and blinks a few times and then looks to the group and says, Um, what was that? Don't worry about it. It happens often. It is the magical construct that tracks our movements and sends them back to the League of Ultimate Questing. Look, I just said don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I'm not going to deny him fascinating information. He's telling us everything about this nightmare world. The least we can do is tell him about our little tin man. Right, but the last time we told someone who didn't know about the tin man about it, they chased us out of the Free Isles. No, mm. uh, if he wants to chase us out of here, I am okay with this. <laughs> I'm not. Have you seen where we're at? <laughs> It's fine. It's just a, an oddity. I've never seen a creature that seems to be made of metal. I think he's actually made of information, but the metal is just the case. Made of information. Look, we're not going to get into abstracts here. <laughs> Fair enough. Keep your eyes to the skies and stay close to me. This way. So, we... <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. I looked at, at his face. Chris, of course. Chris just like had one raised eyebrow, looking around, very, very enthralled. Stay close to me, it's like, <laughs> He, like, like an impenetrable barrier, even your, like, winks just deflect off of him. He doesn't register that there's any kind of coming on at all. It just makes me want him more. <laughs> that is how it do. Every, every blown kiss plinks off of his armor. Yeah. <laughs> He has a readied reaction to deflect. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> he must be a monk then. <laughs> so the Mortal Dawn is going to enter a sort of long-term skill challenge as the group uh, works together to traverse the dangerous lands of Kamaris. Because you have an outrider with you, he will get to attempt to make a roll if someone in the party should fail to potentially help you pass that skill challenge once per rotation. I'm going to give the rest of the party inspiration 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that by starting an unearthly chorus because it's going to be a long ride. So okay. might as well try to pass that time. Okay, go ahead and roll me a performance check. Ooh, okay. 16. So as you begin to create this music, at first, JP wants to stop you, thinking this extra noise will just draw attention. But something about how quiet and how close it stays to your group and how it seems to bolster your allies and fight the weariness that's entering their bodies. He eases off and realizes that this is a kind of magic he may not know about and could be advantageous to your group. So that is going to be one success for the group. Oh. Oh, well. Do they also get the inspiration that I'm giving it? They do in that you passed one of your checks for the group. Like Uh, we said, the numeric things like that in the skill challenge, that just counts as a success for the group, which is moving them forward. Okay. Would anyone else like to do anything in particular? We're just going to go around the table at this point. I'm going to go ahead and see what my elf eyes see and uh, take a good long look at the horizon. You're going to Legolas it? I'm going to Legolas the shit out of it. All right, let's see it. Legolas! Uh, Not great. (laughs) So that would be a 10. Okay. And he is going to attempt to help. All right. He does pretty good. I have no idea what the hell I'm looking at. You're all looking in different directions. And this landscape, it changes dramatically every few miles. Um, And you're keeping your eyes out for what could be dangerous, things you wouldn't anticipate, especially as he warned you towards the skies. Every now and then you do see kind of a dark shape just lower out of the clouds and then disappear again. One of them in particular catches your eye, being perhaps an ominous threat on the horizon. And as you're studying it, your foot sinks into soft earth that crumbles away like tissue paper. And you feel the crunching and crackling of layers as your boot heavily slides through. And before your full body slides in, two strong hands wrap around you and pull you towards the wagon. And when it comes out, your foot up to the knee is completely covered in blood. And it's not your own. And as you see the hole before you, it looks like layers of skin that are being pressed through. And rising up out of it is a swarm of midnight black wasps with red tips and stripes on them as he calls out blood wasps run and spurs his horse into action for my skill challenge can i use infestation to try and redirect the wasps and send them in another direction i like that that's good reaction to the narrative um nature or survival nature or survival both sound great Uh, survival i'm not actually inspired it's a four plus four is eight you send out your magic towards this swarm of foreign alien insects and it seems to just pass through them and you can tell like some creatures get beyond the point of understanding things like enchantment or magic or communication because of a bloodlust and you are very familiar with this sort of energy and they are just rife with it and the group is spurred into this run as though your war horse immediately reacts to his charging by taking off and taking everyone in the wagon with it And as you slow down, he says, blood wasp hives hide very flush with the ground. They're made out of skin of living things and the honey that they produce. Please do not consume it. I wasn't planning on it. It is sought after by many for its healing properties, but there is nothing in this world more addictive. What is this place? This is the most terrifying place I've ever been to. I kind of want to go home. I need some of that honey. Yeah, what kind kind of healing process? Real bad. I implore you to let it be. Wash your leg. I shall. Uh, I'm actually going to scoop a bunch of that into some vials, <gasps> as I do. All right, all right. He's not going to say anything because you guys are paying him. 
but he, he implored. As he looks at me, I'm going to say, do not worry, I'm not going to, to consume this. I'm a doctor. As long as it's after I've left your employ, I don't care what you do with it. I've given you my warning. Fair enough. So we'll say next in the order is going to be Arvid, having not gone yet. What would you like to do? Arvid is concerned about his little buddy, Chris, and is going to attempt to anytime he looks like he might. We're all in a wagon, so I guess that's mostly safe. But anytime he looks like he might fall or trip or stumble into something, Arvid's trying to get in there and like, whoop, whisk away. Right. You're, you're playing the dad to the baby. just like. Yes. <laughs> and the group occasionally has to get out of the wagon to get it over a little ravine or down a steep rock face. But for the okay. most part, you stay near it. Um. So in that case, just do a general athletics. Great. That's a natural one. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the best skill challenge ever. No, it's good. I am I am excited. Let me check my notes here real quick. So when Zach rolled too low and then JP jumped in, does that replace Zach's failure if he helps? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Does it replace it with a success or does it just neutralize it? It just failure? counts as a zero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it eliminates it to a neutral roll. So as you guys are slowly trying to get the wagon and the two horses down a particularly steep rock face, uh, just clicky clacky, a little bit at a time, Chris slips and starts to fall and Arvid dives out immediately grabbing them, letting go of your corner of the wagon. And there is a bit of a rock crumbling fall that cascades. The wagon and the group are fine, but the repercussions create a very loud noise that tumbles down this steep hill. And JP stops and looks upward and says, everyone hide under the wagon right now. As he quickly gets it to the bottom of the hill and then just he on his horse rides to the nearest cropping of rocks. I'm a hop under the wagon. Same. Same thing. All right. I'm going to have everyone roll me a group stealth check. Oh, okay. Kamaris is all dim light, isn't it? Yes. Harothax will just stop moving and turn invisible. Okay. Do I get advantage on it then? Sure. Okay. 14. 14. 22. 22. Woo. 20. Not natural. 10. And a tent. So Arvid's larger bulk doesn't fit under the wagon as well as the others. And the war horse, um, since they had to detach to get the wagon down this hill, just immediately follows his towards this rocky outcropping. And you see he pulls his cloak around him, and it just seems to match the color of the rocks that are near him. It doesn't even seem that magical. Like, it has different layers. And he kind of folds it over and almost disappears. And as he does that, the wagon starts to rock as it feels like the wind is picking up to a great degree. You see dark shapes emerging over the top of the wagon, casting their shadows over the entire group. And you hear this. And the wagon rocks just a little bit as this huge shape passes overhead. And you just see the tail end of this long, like deep purple wyvern with the segmented long scorpion tail dragging behind it. You can see in its talons, there is a war horse that is not one of the two in your group, just a different one that it managed to catch recently. And it holds it easily. Some of you have seen images or perhaps in, in zoos, wyverns that are much smaller than this. This thing is a behemoth. And it doesn't seem to notice you as your average is greater than the necessary requirement to pass the next skill challenge with the help of JP. So you are not eaten alive. Yay! You get to a point where the group finally gets to rest. It has been a long, arduous day. At every corner, something almost tries to kill you and you're just pulled out of the fire at the last second or perhaps get a little scuffed up in the interim. But he sets a fire and he seems to be feeding these long reeds of like what looks almost like lemongrass into the fire as the group starts to settle down for the night. And it makes this bizarre acidic smell that isn't nice, but it's not harming you. It's like citronella. Something. <laughs> it says, you're in luck. Kamara seems tame. 
Seems tame. Are you serious? It's a bit of a scare with the wyverns, but <laughs> you did well. This is not dissimilar from when I travel long distances in Underdark to find Deep Root. Typically, though, it's absolute silence there, meaning every footstep sounds like an explosion. Mm. I'm glad to have the wind and the other noises to distract. After a long time, you'll always hear the wind, no matter where you are. That sounds terrifying. Like a seashell that never leaves your ear. And the group does in fact get to rest for the evening. You all eat what meager rations you can while maintaining your level to not make sure you run out of food. Drink a little bit of water, which is a blessing. Your throat is just raw and dry from breathing this horrible Camarian air. And uh, as he sits at the fire feeding at these reeds, he's like, this will keep some predators away. Not all of them, but we should be all right. There's so much life here. This is the thing. In Underdark, it's silent and there's almost nothing. It's all just rock, but here... Everything seems alive but dead at the same time. I guess I never really realized how dreadful the Underdark must be. It's pretty bad, but nothing compared to this. At least in the Underdark, you can just curl up behind the rock and stay quiet and you'll be fine. But here, I imagine even even with this simple campfire, we are at extreme danger. Not to blow my own horn too, but the things that we avoided, much worse than the things we encountered. That is the problem with being a guide. If you're doing your job well, it looks like you're doing nothing at all. I accept this. It's my trade. What kind of dangers have you faced in your career? I have never watched the show, but I have heard legend that the people in the League can be quite strong warriors. Nothing big. Well, I mean, maybe a couple of... I mean, the the giant worm that had a civilization inside of it is surely big. (laughs) That was pretty big. A civilization inside? Like it ate a city? It was a really big worm. Mm-hmm. Extra-dimensional worm? I would say so. Mm. And uh, didn't eat a city uh, like a a city grew from within it, as tapeworms would grow inside of an animal. The, like, brood mother thing that had all the little things hanging on, Mm -hmm. was that about the size of Lil Ma? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll say that. I'll be like, its embryo was the size of the, the mother faceless. His eyes widen. Its embryo. And you were inside of it. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, then, perhaps I'm the one who's glad to have you along with me. Maybe if we encounter something large, but as far as I can tell, it seems the most dangerous part is just being here. Hmm. And if we need to be stealthy, that's always been a problem of ours. <laughs> Duh, you must understand that if a combat happens, we are not good at fighting quietly. No, my bad. <laughs> this does not seem like the kind of place where loud noises scare off the predators. Or bright lights. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Whatever offenses you can bring are welcome. I don't care if they're flashy, as long as they're not the things that gain the attention of the... And he looks up and says, oh, good. Thrice Dam has caught a rock drake. And you see the horse dragging this, like, Komodo (laughs) dragon that almost looks like how flat a halibut is, but with, like, four reptilian legs and a long tail dragging behind it. (laughs) I'm sure he'd be happy to share it with your nameless beast. Oh, good. They'll they'll, they'll make friends, right? This is like Basilike. Huh? Basilic. It's a pun, but it is it's like basilisk, but they look like rocks and they slay flat on things. This is cool. I like they're very oh. good. It's basilish. <laughs> Basilesque. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um and, and we don't have to be stingy with the water tonight. I um I've prepared to make water. Um I can fill a barrel about that size. I have prepared to make water. <laughs> yeah. That's all of you. It was great. That's a pee-pee juice. <laughs> Master Arvid, have you still not talked to the warhorse? Didn't you want to know the name? 
He doesn't seem like he wants to talk to me. I guess I could anyway. He looks up with this like mouth full of sinewy straps of lizard hide. Just yeah, he seems pretty into what he's doing. And I assure you, the meat of the rock drake is not tasty for our kind. It's you might as well eat your suit of leather armor. That is not as basilisk. Basilisk tastes like alligator. <laughs> Harithax looks alarmed at that comment, <laughs> <laughs> and he gives uh, Arvid a strong pat on the shoulder and says you prepared the spell of recreating water of course now this is an ally to bring to Kamaris a strong gift indeed <laughs> Ovid you know I'm into him why are you doing this <laughs> wait you think I'm flirting this is obviously flirting <laughs> are you kidding me you have earned a spot next to my sleeping bag tonight Arvid oh my god why <laughs> should I also prepare create water if you can do such a thing I don't see why not duh when you do create food and water, you might be high enough level for food and water. I can create food and water as needed, but I think we have plenty of food. I have some gifts of nature myself, but these are gifts that more Kamarian knights need to utilize. I can keep things from dying, but I can't. Get... I just blow things up. <laughs> That's a good skill to have, too. <laughs> so I'm told. Chris, I didn't mean to rock block. Thank you. I lean into Chris. I think he has thought resistance. I think that joke went over his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, we best bed down now. We get a luxurious five hours of sleep before we set off again. I can get the entirety of sleep and then carry the last uh, hour. And uh, he beds down and off on his own, curled up with his horse. It like lays down next to him and rests its head on his torso. It's like head is just covered in lizard blood. <laughs> in seeing that, Arvid wants to make an attempt to just be kind of near uh, the party horse. One, Harthax wants to taste this lizard thing. Uh, at two, what CR would you say a, a basilesque is? The rock drake? Yeah, the rock drake. That's my thing. Challenge rating one half. All right. Uh, can I salvage its liver before the horses completely eat it? The two war horses, if it had just been one, maybe, but they picked oh. it clean. All right. Yeah, they're big boys. And if you try to bed down near the horse, it just simply gets up and moves a little further away. <laughs> like a, like Shoulders a, slumped. A moody cat. It decides to just sleep on its feet that night. Oh. If we see any more of those rock tricks, I might have a useful one. Is our five hours long enough for a long rest, or is it just a short rest in I'll here? count it as a long rest. But okay. Yeah, it's just a really shitty long rest. It's like as little sleep as you can get and still benefit from it. Okay. Plus you're exhausted. Yeah. After those hours pass, it's difficult to start to come to you. You've all had a very heavy sleep. Like you're under a weighted blanket that also has an electric heater inside of it. Just hard to get up. And Harithax, you are awoken as your body is flung to the side. And you see a trail of your own blood pouring out behind you. You take six points of slashing damage. And as you come to your senses, you realize that JP has you by the scruff of the neck and is pulling you from the ground as these long, gray, razor-sharp blades of grass were growing into your skin and slowly nestling their way through your body. And he's using his short blade to just carve them off of you. And you couldn't even feel them. They were so soft and subtle that they just slid in like welcome guests. Well, that's not very sporting at all. I'm hardly the softest target in here. <laughs> And he carves it away, and some of them are starting to, like, snake into your skin, and he's, like, pulling at them and says, Cleric, fire! No, I hit him with uh, freedom of movement. Oh, cool. That works, too. <laughs> All right. And you just seem to 
time sort of slows down around you for a moment and you take a step and they don't come with you. And they all immediately wither and crumple to the ground like long gray leaves that look very much like the tips of swords. I'm so excited that I'm like literally looking at my spells to go through them. I'm like, I like freedom of movement. And you said that. And I'm like, ha <laughs> Very nice. The blade grass. I thought this would be a safe place. And considering it only got one of you, I suppose it's the best we could have done. I look down. I'm like, thank you. Uh, that seems like it would have been very unpleasant if it had continued. They have a sort of numbing agent on the outside of them that makes them painless. They will consume you in your sleep. I pick a couple of them up and put them in a satchel. Sure. They withered and dead, but perhaps you can scavenge something from them down the road. Ah, uh, well, I slept fine. How? How could you possibly have slept fine? Well, my horse is trained to detect the blade grass, so if it comes for me, it'll wake me up. But uh, I was up a little early... You know, I don't want to oversleep or anything. And I saw your friend writhing. I thought it was a bad dream at first, but I didn't want to waste time. Thank you. Sleep on the rocks for a few years. You get used to it. No. <coughs> no. I actually slept far better than usual. It's been a long time since I've had a good dirt nap. I understand <laughs> completely. You see, the thing is, I sleep in these beds. And I sleep in these rooms where everything is safe, and I have panic attacks in the middle of the night. Every couple of hours, I wake up suddenly, I have a bit of a heart attack, I look around, I think something is trying to eat me, and then I go back to sleep. The comfort makes me think I'm inside of something, like a creature. It's not good. You have panic attacks because you're safe. Duh. What? That makes perfect sense, I can't even imagine. The kind of silence that you hear is, is a bad sign. If I'm too comfortable, I worry that the blade grass has grown into me and numbed my senses. That's terrifying. It's well, good to be uncomfortable while you sleep. Well, I'm glad uh, Artyom has found somebody to relate to. The Chris just looks really sad, kind of crestfallen. Just like crestfallen. Everybody but me. Yeah, crestfallen. Just like everybody but me. I think the best, uh, the best guy that I've ever seen was a particularly strange young man. He went by Vladimir, and uh, we were wandering, and we were about to be attacked by a giant uh, rock cat. So he cuts off his own hand, throws it into the distance, mm -hmm. and then we all run as fast as we possibly could. Cuts off his own hand. Duh. It goes for easy meal. Fortunate the fresh blood didn't draw more attention from more creatures. It did. <laughs> the hook horrors came out and tore the rocket to pieces. Uh, the ensuing chaos was fantastic. That's a good thing about Underdark. Once one thing makes noise, everything comes out. It goes from absolute silence and darkness to suddenly an explosion of screaming and blood. So it's like we show up. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> But these are only certain areas. Most of Underdark is just passively dangerous. These are good skills to have. This is how you survive the threats. If one of the Purple Wyverns comes and picks you up, don't kill it right away. It will take you into the Everstorm. You have to learn to bleed them out so they descend slowly enough that you will survive the fall. I like this. Cut above the leg, possibly near the neck if you can reach, or if you survive the Talons themselves. If you can get on top and bleed it out, and just sort of ride it down to the ground. And then, and then there's a feast. <laughs> I like this I like this man I like this place I mean I don't like this place but this is not so bad Chris just turns exceedingly pale just like what have I done what have I gotten myself into why Harithax is like thinking about that purple wyvern and and trying to kind of do mental math basically and see if they think that they'd be able to polymorph themselves into one hmm it seems like it's probably kind of big, but like you can see like, you know, moving their hand and kind of 
Counting on your phalanges. Yeah. <laughs> kind of kind of like flexing their shoulders like like they had wings and flicking their tail around and like yeah, maybe with that. What are you doing? Has there been some residual damage from the blade grass? <laughs> Is your mind okay? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's just that I'm trying to think if I could turn into one of those things or not. Another good skill to have. Everyone's just upstaging me. It's it's quite sad. This is not what you were meant for. I fear our first leg of the journey today will be through the fissures. So let's all stay close. And I think we'll have to have someone push or pull the wagon and get the horse separate. It's too difficult for the horse to try to pull it. Too many breaks in the land. I would like to use my first action of the skill challenge to use animal handling. Oh, okay. To see if I can help. Yeah, yeah. I just jump in there and steal Arvid's thing there, boy. Sorry. <laughs> They've got more skills that are useful for this than I do. I'm All I've got is animal handling and perception, and that's like it. I actually didn't realize that animal handling was wisdom until today. So ah. I'm like, yeah, all right. Nope. He will use his roll to try to cancel this failure out. Was he 10? Uh, he had an 18 on the dice, plus six, so he did great. I try to establish dominance with it, and it does not work. <laughs> fails me. This is... Again, not a normal human horse. Fair enough. And uh, he, from a distance, kind of flicks a few buckles and then just almost rips the tack off of the horse and it just sort of wiggles its way out and says, would you help me pull the wagon? Uh, yes. And uh, if, if we find it's difficult, I have a potion for that. Fantastic. Come well prepared. I was waiting for, for Arvid to be like, do you need me to help you disguise the wagon? Because I'll disguise the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys find yourselves on top of a flat, rocky peak overlooking a bit of a valley. Way off in the distance, you can see the humming green capital of Andariel. Still, it seems like a lifetime away based on how far you've traveled. And there before you, you see the earth begins to open up. It's a sort of dark patch of ground that leads off into the volcanic north. But these look like long, flat, bubbling pools of hot spring water. But they're boiling at a very rapid pace. And the smell coming off of them is far worse than any sulfur you've sniffed before. Oh, I was really hoping for a bath. It'll be the last bath you ever take. Because it's acidic. It's just really hot. Oh. <laughs> I think there may be some acidic properties, but I'm no alchemist. It's great for cooking meat, honestly. I believe it. But not worth the hassle. I'll take a campfire any day. Stay close together. Watch your feet. I will guide the horses. If you misstep, best case scenario, you'll lose your leg. Worst case, you'll lose your life. Mortal Dawn are taking a hike through hell itself. While we've seen a few close calls, they seem to be making good progress. You know, I just like that jock guy. Not only an outdoorsman, but he has a certain je ne sais quest that makes me want to buy him a beer. They might just make it out of that death trap with Scoutmaster Phillips calling the shots. Temporary hire-on contracts are something we see a lot more of in hiring teams. Once the penance had the scratch, we were hiring part-timers for all kinds of stuff. Got an old dungeon? Drop a little coin on a new story, and then they'll drop dusty old bone knowledge down your ear holes. As long as they ain't disarming traps or battling beholders, League's not gonna stop you. And depending on your trade, League money's most of your income anyway. So the prices are high, and the approval is limited. Hmm. Sounds complicated. Yeah, wilderness guys don't always get the green light, depending on threat level, but Kamara's has special clearance, since the hazards are considered uh, divine intervention. And I assume these temporary hires are always kept safe. Even in dangerous ruins, it's hard to feel safer than you do with an LUQ team. Yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> resurrection insurance, doesn't it? Oh, what's that, Storm? Who's this week's sponsor, Kim? Oh, great question. Join us for the following ads, then we'll get back to the action right after this break.
tonight on Backstab Kitchen. All right, chefs, in three hours, we have 40 nobles coming to our private dining hall, and each one is expecting four unique courses. Two of them have bounties on their heads for crimes against the crown. You've got a full order of ingredients, two shelves of alchemical regions for poison and potions. You know what to do. Can the chefs assassinate the correct two guests without being detected? I need that butter pumpkin sauce ASAP. We have apps going out. Order in. Or will they crumble under the judging eye of Gorgon Ramsay? I asked you for a nightshade poison in this time. This aspirin wouldn't knock out a cobone. This cord is bloody dry. Maybe I should turn you into stone. I've always wanted a statue of a moron. Backstab Kitchen, tonight on Nexus Cooks. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their protein-plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing. If I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week, it's fast premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code theleague50 at factormeals.com slash theleague50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Hey, all you cuties. I hope everyone's doing well and keeping safe. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of housekeeping. All I have right now is the fact that we have our brand new legendary teams. They're not all filled up yet, and some of them are kind of specially reserved. We kind of were a little random with how we distributed them, so let's see how it goes. We have the Cultured Cutthroats with Zancam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies, the Moonlight Veil with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Erie Lunarose, and Maisie, and the Tavern Brawlers with Dave Mladenov and Daniel Pickens-Jones. Special thanks again to our legendary teams and all of our patrons. It means the world to have your support especially now with all the hardship going on. With copious amounts of free time, I've been trying to stream more lately. You can find that at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams. I don't have a set schedule yet, but I like to post on social media and Discord whenever I'm on. Speaking of, check out our Discord, where you can chat with the crew. Patrons can also find bloopers and deleted scenes in the Heroes Lounge. If you'd like to advertise with us or get a personal message on the show, just send an email to admin at slapdash studios. Finally, just be safe, be responsible, take care of each other and yourself. I hope that we've been able to bring you some light in this dark time, and I hope that you're suggesting us to other people out there who maybe want something fun and pleasant to listen to. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the action. 
My name is Thomas Turner, and welcome to Behind the Shield, an expose into the lives and history of the League of Ultimate Questing, the Nexus Enterprise. Masters of entertainment and creators of the OUQ, what is the secret to their cutting-edge magical and technological achievements in running and operating an entertainment franchise of this magnitude? Reports indicate that Commissioner Mina Lurie inherited a wealthy estate, and after making many successful investments in the extra-planar magical advances, their wealth multiplied. It was during this exploration into our neighboring realities that the early founders of the League made contact with the Plane of Ergo, and formed a contract with the Madrons therein. Today, the Reginals remain the most advanced, intelligent, and reliable recording devices imaginable, and help bring the action of teams to your home. The LUQ Team Bracelets, developed by top-ranking transmuters with help from the Madron technology, help monitor the teams while they are on the field, track their overall ranking as they progress through the challenges they face, and for higher-ranking teams, grant them access to fan-based inspiration, said to bolster the heroes in their most trying times. Join us next time for more insight into the inner workings of the greatest show ever made on Behind the Shield. Thomas Turner, signing out. The Mortal Dawn has had a hard road traveling through Camaris, and you're about halfway to your destination of the capital of Andariel. And before you are the bubbling broken fissures, huge pools of hot, bubbling, noxious geyser water. JP is leading you in a single file line, guiding the horses on their reins with the wagon behind Arvid. It is light enough and the wheels are smooth enough that you can pull it on your own, deciding that is the best path for the group. And let's get one more person to make me a skill check to help in your survival of this, now that you have entered a new area. It could just be me doing a thing. This is a very free-form skill challenge. We're not going to use the initiative or anything. Whatever you're inspired to do, but try to let other people go. So if you want to do, either of you two could take a swing. I would actually reach out to JP. Mm-hmm. Jacques Phillips. I think... There is a good possibility we will come across a situation which is poison-heavy. I have the ability to protect from poisons. Let me know ahead of time, and I can cast it on everybody here. Hmm. I should have warned you before the Faceless. They uh, have a kind of poison. Indeed. I noticed. (laughs) Oh. I don't think that poison is something we have to worry about here, but the fissures change a lot. They can draw the attention of some very mean things, and sometimes... Their reaction with the Everstorm can cause strange magical interferences. Good to know. So be prepared for anything. Can I, for the skill challenge, make mm-hmm. a spell casting roll and like cast Augury and just kind of like be tuned into fate and kind of guide us through to avoid pitfalls? That's cool as fuck. Okay. So Hurthax's eyes will just kind of roll white in their head and they'll sit there chewing on maybe the blade grass that uh, was like nice. in them. yeah, yeah. Uh, tuning into the sort of nature of Kamaris and try and lead us through these fissures. Spellcasting? I like it. Modifier? All right. Uh, plus seven, I'm pretty sure. Nope. It's plus eight. Nice. Yeah. 26. 26. Book. Well, okay. As you consume this small, once living piece of Kamaris itself and you enter this new domain, this seems familiar to you. You grew up in shallow, dangerous pools of bubbling liquid. You feel like your ancestry comes from a realm similar to this. You find yourself looking both into the past and the future. You're pretty sure you could slide into one of these and be just fine. 
Something about the resilience of your skin and the acidic protection that the shadow scale have within them. It seems natural. It doesn't seem as dangerous as it did a moment ago. And with that, you feel very sure-footed. You can tell which areas are going to be the firmest, which ones will have enough girth for the wagon to pass over the top of them, which pools are the most dangerous and the hottest, the ones you need to stay away from. Without even thinking, you just kind of slither your way to the front of the group, even guiding Jacques Phillips, who, surprised at your innate understanding of this realm, allows you to take the path for the time being. And over a great distance in the fissures, you traverse the group easily, showing them the clearest path. You're smelling the liquid. You're feeling the nature of the danger here. And it's logical. And it makes you feel strong. You make a great deal of progress in your survival to get through the fissures. Nice. As you are in the front of the group, though, and you're having this sort of dreamlike state pulling you along, you start to have a different kind of flashback, looking into your past once again. But it's a memory you don't remember witnessing before. You feel yourself wrapped in your strong, scaly mother's arms, writhing as a little black shadow scale. And you hear her voice cooing and humming a Salvaraxian lullaby. She says, It's going to be okay, little one. You'll be fine now. You will survive the storm that is to come. And you feel her hands hold you out, and you see a pair of hands reach out from the darkness of the swamp, long curled fingernails, purple skin with large bulbous knuckles, and curled horns coming off the head of this horribly twisted old woman with a scattering of bones and sinew hanging off of her robes. And she takes you and holds you close to her chest and says, Don't worry, the hags will make good use of you. I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Okay, okay. That is a natural 20. Oh, oh, beautiful. Look. So 24. All right. While this is happening in Harithax's mind, Christ, you see um, Harithax move to the head of the group and you are following carefully. You realize this is a location that any misstep could easily destroy your fragile, fragile hit points. <laughs> and for just a moment, as you're passing along, making sure you don't step in the liquid, you catch a reflection of yourself. And you look down and see your own face in this bubbling water. Oh. And you think, this looks good. Like, even though I've been on the road, I'm still, I'm still slaying. Like, this is happening. Yeah. And you feel a pair of soft hands embrace your shoulders. And a voice leans in and says, well, 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 look who we have here. Look where you are now. Is this really better than how we've kept you? Is this safer? My son. I fear we must make a decision now. And the hand kind of snakes down your chest and you feel it grip the crystal embedded into your heart. <gasps> it says, it's time for an ultimatum, Christ. Live a slave or die as a destructive force of nature. And it rips out. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Oh, that is that is a nineteen on the die. Wow, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, that's just nineteen. <sighs> Do war sorcerers not have a bonus to wisdom saving throws? I just don't remember. I can't. I think oh, it's not. Con. I never play sorcerers. I yeah. mean, we didn't do con it for charisma. Me. Cool. No, it, it shouldn't be then. We did dex charisma. That's what we did. Mm. Gotcha. All right. And while <sighs> that is happening in Christ's mind, Arvid, you feel yourself being shaken awake. You don't even remember falling asleep. Perhaps you were dreaming all of this while you were sleeping in Kamaris, but you're not in Kamaris. 
You feel smaller than you were before, perhaps the age of a teen, and you're in a fur and seal hide tent. And there's a large figure standing over you, broad shoulders, strong corded muscles pulling you to your feet. And it's your mother. And she looks down at you with her stern hourglass eyes and says, Arvid, why didn't you tell me sooner? How could you keep the secret from your clan? Oh, gosh. I have a reputation. I lead these people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come with me. We'll make it all right. And she leads you out of the tent. And there is a group of humans and furbolgs with a few half-orcs scattered amongst them. There's almost a, a small wooden stage erected in front of them. And she leads you up onto it, towering over you, just this huge, imposing matriarchal figure. And she has these antlers that come off of her head that are built into a helmet. She doesn't have her own natural <laughs> horns. And she's adorned in the white bear fur of the mountain. She says, Arvid, if you get on your knees and ask for forgiveness, perhaps we can find a way to welcome you back into our fold. Uh, Arvid reaches up to his head almost almost as if... No horns. Yeah. Um... You don't remember. You feel like maybe something used to be there, but could have been a dream. Oh, yeah. Okay. It takes courage to climb the mountain, Arvid, but it takes more courage to be honest to your family. I don't think I'm like you. Are you unwilling to apologize? I'm just me. This is just what I am. Arvid, look down. And points to a symbol carved into the stage. It says, don't take your eyes off it. As they raise the axe over their head. I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. 13. 13. That's decent. It's not terrible. Artyom. <sighs> you know tomorrow you're going to prepare to leave for Tamaris, and you don't know how to get ready for it. You've been doing as much preparation, planning, talking about strategy with your group as you can, but you just can't sleep this night, so you go for a little walk through the streets, as you want to do sometimes. You get a few blocks from the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, and you hear a whimpering sound from down an alley. It's just clear as a bell, as quiet as the streets are this time of night. You can faintly make out the sound of... Moyle! Moyle! I go and look for him. And there in an alley, you see five dead bodies and Uncle Loshad covered in blood with a whip and a dagger in his hands leaning against a wall. There's a sword embedded through his torso and several more on the ground around him. And he's leaning, supporting as the lifeblood drips out of him. He says, They came for me again, little Moyle. They said that Drow are not welcome here. In the human city. I fought like you show me. I I get them quick. I bring them down with whip. I slit throat with dagger. I do good. I extend my hand and gently caress his cheek and I say, Oh, Gloshet. And I whisper in his ear, You were never that good with the knife. True. I think maybe I am dying. And... As you look down and inspect the bodies now that things are coming more in focus, you realize these are five. City guard. And the sound and the footsteps of more are coming. And mm. you feel something is off. Okay. Something about this doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. 
suddenly I start to get that this is charming. There's not, there's something happening here that is beyond the actual, the real. Mm -hmm. This is not extant. (laughs) I stand up and I laugh as I look at the city guards running at me and I say, you'll have to do better than that. I clap my hands and from my hands, an explosion of light comes out Mm -hmm. and I cast beacon of hope which uh, radiates out from me mm-hmm. and anybody within the radius is given an advantage on wisdom saving throws and is healed to maximum when they heal. All right. So go ahead and give me your wisdom save. You have advantage on it because of your spell and your ancestry. I hope I don't bomb it. Also, it's one of your best saves. I rolled a one and a four. Oh no. So that's cool. Uh, the total is 11. All right. You manage to see through the pain and confusion of the situation enough to ignite this spell, but something about it seems real. The light doesn't make these illusions go away. The guards are still coming. Oh, bleat. <laughs> Arvid, I, you need to make me another save with the advantage of the spell coming at you. Advantage. Yeah, but the, I already did one, right? Oh, yeah. This is a you get one roll to try to improve the one you've already given me. That's excellent because total uh, total of twenty. Nice. Awesome. So. The three of you snap out of it. The hag that is holding you dissipates into this strange gray mist. The hand that's gripping the crystal in your chest fades, and you feel the heat coming off of these pools of geyser water. And Arvid, you feel for a second the sharp sting of something hitting your neck before you snap out of it, hands and knees on the ground, fingertips boiling in this hot liquid. And you see Artyom looking to the sky, wincing in pain but there's light pouring out of him and something about the magic of this light is washing away these illusions this smoke that was pouring into your minds some kind of fog issuing off of these pools of liquid uh seeing all this happen i think chris would immediately look around and dispel magic great twinning it at what at a, at a pool sure, and sure. the you know it seems like what around. is here right now is what's keeping our his magic has saved the three of you somehow but something is trapping him inside of it but please go ahead and roll me your d20 where's jp we'll find out okay because if he twins it he could target rtm and jp both i think my saying you need to try harder than that made it go all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whew. um oh yeah just gonna roll the d20 uh, 16 on the die. I don't know what kind and your of spell casting bonus. Oh, well then that is what God, I can't do math right now. 23 then. Very good. Yes. Um, so just before the guards close in on you, you think for a second, you feel their halberd start to bombard you and your uncle. You hear him cry out as he dies and then you snap into it. And for a second, all of the magic, even like the items that you carry that resonate with magic just seem to fade to nothing and then pick back up again. And you see Chris before you with the crystal in his hand glowing as it seems to pull in this cloud of strange gray smoke and snuff it out. <sighs> Are you okay? Sucker. <gasps> no. Oh, oh, I've never. Oh, there's so many creatures in the dark that have their effects, but it doesn't usually affect the draft. What? <sighs> what was that? It had been some kind of mind control. And you hear a groaning as you see JP getting to his feet. It looks like he was laying completely unconscious on the ground. And he's shaking himself up and he holds his hand out and this gray vial falls out to the ground like that's wrapped in leather. And he gets to his feet and says, oh, that light. What was that? That seems to have pulled us back. It was the light of Bren, my friend. The light of Bren. I've always been a fan of a good radiant light. I 
quaffed that mind toxin as quickly as I could to counteract the brain fog. Let's get out of the fissures as quickly as we can. Arvid had gone into a rage after coming back and it was shouting things and, and so yeah Arvid takes a minute to just get it out may I make an insight check and see if that's really what he if he really oh, quaffed yeah, a potion yeah, to resist the effect and that wasn't a potion that he had affected us with yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. as soon as I realize that they are raging I run up to them and I grab them by both of the horns and I put their forehead against my own and I cast calm emotions Aww. Yeah, he's coming down like, I'm a shade, I'm a shade. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay, you're here. You're here with friends. Artyom. Ah, it's okay. me. Okay. I can say something scathing or impolite if that will help. <laughs> <laughs> can I have a hug? Okay. Thank you. Aww. He's all right. That's 20 total. So, Harathax, you swoop down and grab this little vial and sniff it, and you identify it easily. It's like an anesthesia for your brain that would absolutely numb this sort of effect that you're guessing he probably carries around in preparation for such a thing. Perhaps a regular occurrence here in Camaris. He says, let's try to get out of the fissures as quickly as we can. Were we taking our time before? <laughs> I think we can risk losing our footing a little bit if we hurry. What, what, losing what? our footing or losing our feet? We're through the worst of it. Fair I enough. Are you sure? What was that? Where did that come from? It's an effect of the storm with the bog. It's called the mind fog. I haven't seen it in a very long time, and I apologize that I would never anticipate it would have happened, or even warning you wouldn't have done anything, but it just seeps in. It brings back horrible memories and twists them into the worst possible imagination, and it tries to stop your heart and your brain. It makes your body turn against itself. Huh. I'm glad that Whatever that was you did seemed to have helped quite a lot. My ancestry allowed me to see that it was a trick, but I couldn't, I couldn't shake the trick. It's very powerful. I think it's safe to say that you helped save him, though. It was sloppy of them to assume that Loshad would allow himself to be fighting five enemies all at once, and that he would be able to take them out with a long-range weapon and a short-range weapon. Come on! <laughs> sloppy. And with a bit of haste, you make it out of the last small segment of the fissures. So you travel for the rest of the day, probably another 11 hours, and then you set up another camp. At this point, the landscape has changed. The new area you have entered does have some green, but it's not fresh grass. It's moss and rot that clings to the rock and the loamy soil. The earth seems soft here, almost like grave soil. And looming ever closer is this massive city. And in the morning, you think you might arrive. But for now... The fire is being stoked and filled once more with these strange reeds. And Jock Phillips seems quite beside himself, just staring into the flames. Does everyone have, everyone have food? You're good? Duh. All right. Yeah, but are, are you okay? Yeah, um, let's just say that tonic has some lingering side effects. Uh, I haven't taken it in a long time. Are you damaged? No, I'm just trying not to take another one. Well, let me help. I'm going to cast protection from poison on him. Okay, great. Using my thorn whip instead of casting a spell slot. <laughs> sure. And you just give him a very gentle prick against the surface of his skin. And it immediately heals up. And uh, he kind of wipes it away and looks at the blood. And Hmm. That's a little better. Thank, thank you. It's something that our brotherhood 
concocts. Sometimes if you get kidnapped by enemies and you have a chance to drink it, it can make it so they can interrogate you. Or if the mind fog manages to penetrate your head, it'll just sort of knock you out. And I, I used to have an issue with it. Um, I only carry one now, but I used to carry more, many of which remained empty. Mm, I see been a long time sorry to, to have brought that up and i also have some guilt riding for having not foreseen and kept you safe from that threat but as as the uh setting dies down and we start to lull ourselves to sleep chris just starts humming a hymn of sorts and the effect of which i hope reaches uh jacques phillips he's saying words in an elvish language uh, and by doing that, he's also casting healing words, just mm. trying to give him even more comfort. Sure. And you're sure he has several of wounds that are still not fully healed, being in his trade and having the rough road behind you. And you can see as he's like sitting near the fire with his hands up on his knees, he just kind of nods a little bit and then drifts off into an upright sleep. <laughs> and when the morning comes, he seems to be the first awake. He seems to be all himself again. Uh, he's recovered his resolve, feels less ashamed. And his horse is fully packed, and most of his gear is put away. His weapons are sheathed, and uh, he makes sure you're all ready to go and says, Today is our last day together. It's just a few hours to Andario. Will you be all right after that? I suspect so. Will you be in the area? I fear I dare not stay near the green gates. Too dangerous from the living. Fair enough. Uh, any suggestions for what we must do if we leave and do not have a guide? Remember what I taught you while we were on the road. Be mindful as you rest. Try to sleep on rocky outcroppings to avoid the blade grass. And if you go into the Helderons, avoid the lava. Good to know. Uh, any tips for this guy? Gestures to the Kamarian warhorse. It's one thing to feed them regularly, but it's another thing to let them find food when they're hungry. Bringing him meat won't help satisfy the hunger for hunting. Mm. And this is the slowest you've traveled since you entered Camaris. It's almost a forlorn final leg of the journey. Jock seems to have grown quite fond of the four of you, being delighted by the tricks you've brought to help in surviving in Camaris that he thinks are just super rad. And uh, he's also treading very lightly in this place. The rest of it, he seemed pretty calm, but around here, he seems a little bit on edge. Something here scares him. And the group rides up in their wagon. Once again, your horse is attached and you approach the outer wall of Andariel. This city was once a pinnacle of humanity, the capital of a paradise kingdom ages ago. Fortified stone walls, brilliant uniform architecture of sturdy stone, but now just a skeleton of its former glory. A humming green field of warm energy encases the city, holding it in a pocket of time between life and death. Moss and decay cling to every flat surface. Rusted iron gates and barred windows protect shattered panes of glass that seem to reflect the facets of the emerald light from the barrier. A murky, stagnant lake spills out into rotten aqueducts along the city streets. This is a place for the dead, clinging to the past, surviving out of spite. This is the necropolis of Andariel. Mortal Dawn stands on the precipice of the undead capital of Andariel, having survived their dangerous trek through the untamed wastelands of Kamarian Highlands. See, this is what I'm talking about. 
One second they're strolling through swamp fog, next it's the Whalen and gnashing of teeth. I don't know what the hell got to them, but I don't like it. Makes those nights in the orc sweat pits seem like candy popping at the solarium. Well, it sounds like they were bombarded with some painful false memories, or possibly grim glimpses into a frightening future. Well, it takes more than a strong back to be a hero-ranked team, it takes an iron will as well. Damn right. Maybe you can hold the line at ground zero of a blue worm breath weapon, but if you go all happy place over an illusion of your dad banging your teacher, or your dad getting killed by a werewolf, or your dad sharpening his axe... Hmm. Uh, still with me, Storm? You went a little dreamy there for a second. Uh, yeah. I think I might just be learning something about myself. Damn. And speaking of damned, the next step for the Mortal Dawn is to enter the City of the Undead, rarely visited by the living. You know, that giant emerald wall of fire is one hell of a welcome mat. Can't imagine why they don't get more company. Will the ghouls and ghosts therein fall for the false facade? Or will our heartbeat-having heroes be harassed by the hereafter? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing! God damn, that was good. Jeez. Tight fucking description. Those hallucinations were freaking terrifying. I should have used fucking warding or glyph of warding before beds. My oh, yeah. before sleepies. My biggest spook was when it ended and Law was like, you know, you your eyes snap open and the hag that was holding you, and I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> there was a hag holding me doing this. I thought I was opening my eyes to a hag that was holding my face, actively channeling an illusion, and I was like, Oh shit, we're being attacked by night hags, y'all. This is bad. Oh shit. <laughs> I wish I had had uh, opportunity to use silence. That seemed like a very appropriate one for this. Yeah. Just like, quiet. Yeah. Um, I, I like. I was very excited to be like, I'm going to go through my spells. What can I do here? Yeah. Silence is a great spell. Being able to repair anything you want is nice. Like, that's a tight like fucking... Mending? Uh, what? You mean mending? Oh, prepare. Oh, prepare, yes. Yeah, I thought you said repair. I'm like, that's cool, too. It's just super nice to be able to go through all my shit and be like, I like this, I like this, I like this. We're yeah. good. Man, yeah. Silence more is that. really good against casters. Well, yeah. thanks for letting me attack your emotions again. That, yeah. that was nice. I'm sorry. Oh I'm God. sorry I didn't have as much of a reaction. I'm just like... I just wanted to actually finish the thing for the listeners and then totally let you play off of all the cool stuff you have. Absolutely. I, it was it was one of the few opportunities I got to play an elf when somebody was trying to charm sure, me. And sure. I'm just like, motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us for the League of Ultimate Questing. New episodes go out every Monday, ideally early in the morning, but at latest around noon. It's uh, anybody's guess when I'm actually going to get this shit. <laughs> it's usually pretty consistent. But we never miss a day. Never miss a day. Don't say that. We it's too late. <laughs> we, we try very hard not to miss a day. Y'all going? We haven't it. missed one yet. There you yeah. go. Yes. It's the best we can do. Um, please visit slapdashstudios.com or theluq.com. You can get links to our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, the last two we are on at Slap the Dash. Uh, you can also look at some photos from the episodes and find the full archive. But honestly, we're available wherever you can find podcasts. You can also listen to D20 Questions, where me and Zach interview gaming moguls in the Portland area and hopefully further than that in the near future. They're nice and tight and, ep- and non-episodic, so you can just kind of like, I'm going to yeah. listen. There's no order to either the sequence of the episodes or the contents of the episodes <laughs> themselves. Yeah, um, It's just a lot of fun getting a lot of positive feedback on that lately. We hope you're enjoying all the new music and the fun stuff that we're doing with the league, some new segments and things like that. We'd love your feedback. If you have ads or sponsorship things you want to deal with us or you want to get a personal message on the show, please reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Or if you just want to send us a critique or anything like that, you can join our Discord. That's open to everyone. Or you can send us, you know, fan letters or Mm -hmm. uh, fan art. We love to see some fan art, especially on Twitter. Just tag us at slap the dash and we will probably share it immediately. Um, yeah, our Discord has members of the 
legendary tier for our Patreon. And if you want to join the Patreon, you too can have access to the Heroes Lounge, although that's available to everyone that's on the Patreon. That's where you can get the cutting room floor and find funny bloopers from the episodes. We share memes and we talk to people. The Patreon itself has maps, magic items, class builds. You can get the totem of the ram. You can get the firstborn patron. You can get the crystalline sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And I think in the near future, you'll get the Drogon Drav variant drow Ooh. race. Um, I think that's all pretty easy to get up there. But yeah, there's a ton of cool stuff, um, including bonus episodes like the Harithax one-shot and D21 side, which is the funnier version of D20 questions where we get super drunk and go too far. Yes. <laughs> but please share us with your friends. We'd love to grow. Um, we can't keep doing this if we don't keep growing. So anything you can do, we just appreciate it so much. And thank you for listening for all this time. And we want to keep growing and questing together from the bottom of our hearts. Um, does anyone have any cool events coming up they want to go over? Um, we've got Burning Cats coming up on the May 16th and 17th with me and Law. Hopefully some of the others as well. Um, we're going to be interviewed by Ian World soon. That should actually be posted by now, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, we were recently on an sh- episode of Help Action. And other than that, I mean... Yeah, uh, check out Help Action. It's a great podcast with more Portland D&D nerds doing different stuff. A lot of fun. And of course, Hypocritical Troll at some point in the near future. That'll be on YouTube with a good interview with me and Zach talking mm-hmm. biz. Good times. Um, by the point that this episode airs, my first episode of God's Fall that I'm in ought to be out. You can check me out on the God's Fall podcast. I'm playing Arunyavar, the um, god of blood. Um, you can check that out at G0DSFALL on Twitter, as uh, Aram's Twitter. And again, uh, anything you can do to help us grow, we'd love to see it. But until next time, we wish you luck. Yeah.